0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. If
1: you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course, you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Listen, I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all of your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. and No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin, and I'm with Rob. And we've actually got a really special guest today, and we're going to be talking some Notre Dame football. Uh, He is a mega fan of Notre Dame football, actually worked in the media regarding Notre Dame football. And I'm actually going to let him introduce himself. So Dan Swanson, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. uh, My name is Dan Swanson. And uh, I graduated from Notre
0: Dame in 2018. I was a manager for the Notre Dame football team for two years, actually. So I was at every practice, literally, uh five in the morning... I was there and uh, I was on the field for every home game. And so I actually got to know the position coaches and and many of the players uh, personally, which was cool. And then I transitioned into a media role for the team. uh, And I was again on the field and and reporting uh, live from Notre Dame Stadium uh, with Coach Brian Kelly and in many of the football players. So that was a really great opportunity. And uh, now I uh, am proud to follow my Fighting Irish religiously every week, uh, and I'm just uh, excited to be here on uh, Guys and Ties with uh, two great guys who aren't, for- unfortunately, aren't in ties right now. So I don't know what well, the we've, expectations. We've done podcast, ties once. But- we've done it once. Uh, <laughs> it but, was, yeah. It well, yeah,
1: but yeah, it was kind of weird. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Wait, what was more fun, manager or uh, media? Uh,
0: media was definitely more fun. Hey. Uh, manager, you were the uh, exaggerated. Uh, Towel boy. Towel. Yeah, let's call it that. (laughs) Uh, But no, we did all we did all the equipment, basically. Uh, So all the footballs, all the pads, the cones. uh, That was all our job. So we were just the 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 nameless, faceless uh, people that did everything that made practice go. But yeah, media was a lot more fun.
1: (laughs) I love to hear that, man. I love to hear that. So we got another media guy on here. Quasi media guy, at least.
2: So two two media guys and just one. Fan, really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I've transitioned out a while ago, man. Yeah. But all right, well, well, let's let's not beat around the bush here, man. Let's talk some Notre Dame UVA. If I told you before the season UVA Notre Dame was going to be a top twenty matchup,
0: what would you think? I frankly would have believed you. uh I can tell you the most the perception of most Notre Dame fans coming in this season was that our toughest game of the year was at Georgia last week. Uh, And then we had at Michigan and at Stanford uh, and then UVA fell for for many fans. And I think for most educated fans, even above our rivalry game uh, at home against USC on October 12th, I think most, educated fans understood that this home game on you know this saturday uh was going to be a tougher game than uh than that game against usc and now it's maybe looking like stanford and michigan aren't even as good so a lot of notre dame fans the buzz this week have been this is our second toughest game so i i don't know that many uh notre dame media and i don't think the coaches or players are taking this one too lightly
2: so you come you you talked about the Georgia game, and you're coming off a really you know emotional game at Georgia. you know, whole day is emotion. game was emotional on the last second kind of ditch effort by Notre Dame, but weren't able to pull it out. What do you think is the fallout from that? and do you think anything is gonna carry over into this week's matchup?
0: Yeah, I think that's frankly the the gonna be the question of the day. Uh, in terms of, you know, does Notre Dame just come out just pissed off and just blow away, frankly, almost any team in the FBS this week? Or, you know, are they tired from that physical dogfight in Sanford Stadium that was really emotional and they almost came up with a win? So I'll be watching uh, as an analyst and saying, you know, what is the attitude and the character of this team And I don't know that we totally know yet. What I do know is that the captains called a meeting on Monday. A
1: players-only meeting? Players-only (laughs) meeting. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh,
0: boy. The
1: only thing that eclipses that is Joe Harris driving to Tony Bennett's house. (laughs) (laughs) Have we heard (laughs) that
2: before? We've heard this story before. Anyway, all right,
0: players-only meeting. (laughs) A players-only captains-led meeting, and I guess it was quite the meeting. Uh, They're they're being very tight-lipped about what happened, but I guess it was quite the meeting. There was a lot... Going on, and I know one of our captains, Khalid Kareem, who uh, is at one of our defensive end, number fifty-three, who's going to play in the NFL, probably gonna be a day one or day two pick, in my opinion. Uh, said the next opponents we have, best of, best of luck to you, cause we're coming, and he said it so seriously and so nonchalantly, and I was like, oh boy. Uh, so I know that there's a lot of attitude of the veterans on this team and it really is a veteran team for Notre Dame, uh, that are, uh, out for blood.
2: (laughs) So I I feel like there's two kind of ways to look at Notre Dame's season after the Georgia game. I think the Georgia game was really a defining point for their season, whether or not the playoffs were like a real hope for them or just kind of, you know, they're going to need a lot of help to get in at this point, I think. So do you think that that game is a catalyst for them for the rest of the season, or do you think that they could drop off? I mean, from what you're saying from the team meeting, it sounds like you don't believe that they're going to drop off, but what makes you think that it's going to catalyst them into more wins this season?
0: I don't even know that it's maybe more of a catalyst. I think the biggest thing that the Georgia game did for me personally for almost all of the Notre Dame media, and for, uh, I think, the Notre Dame team was said, that the Notre Dame players said, look, we went toe-to-toe with the third best program in the country. And frankly, they might be the best team in the country. I think that they can make a reasonable claim. They got one AP vote this week. So that's the first time they got a vote this week. I think that they can make a reasonable claim that that's true. And... The Notre Dame players now say to themselves, gosh, we had the ball under a minute left on our opponent's 40-yard line and a chance to win that game. Mm -hmm. If I'm a Notre Dame player, I come back from that and I say, boy, we can play with anybody in college football. Mm -hmm. So for me, I don't know if it's necessarily a catalyst, but it's this sense of certainty of like, we're good enough.
2: Because if y'all win that game, you're probably in the top four Five, not top, if not the top four.
0: So y'all have got to be top four. Yeah,
2: y'all I mean... fell three spots.
0: So Which I thought was appropriate. I still yeah. think it's ridiculous that Florida is ahead of Notre Dame. But the wrecking ball <laughs> is coming for the Florida Gators soon enough. Don't you worry. They play a couple SEC opponents. I think they have someone tough this week, too, that they're going to get smoked by. Uh, but if not this week, then I think uh, in two weeks they play like Auburn or Georgia or somebody and they're going to get rolled over. And that's it's going to work itself out. I'm not worried about that, but it just made me a little bit mad mm-hmm. that the Gators were uh, ranked ahead of the Fighting Irish.
1: Yeah. Well, we're actually ranked ahead of Michigan right now. So, well, I you know, think look at that. Be. Look and, at that. And USC. And USC and Utah. Preseason number 10. Mm-hmm. But anyway, anyway, just throwing some stats <laughs> out there. Let's, let's talk about Ian Book because... I have no reason to think this other than the fact that I do. Ian Book kind of reminds me of Joe Flacco. You know, the whole Joe Flacco elite thing. You know, it's like, <laughs> he's good. He was good for a bit, but, like, is he elite? Like, Ian Book, everyone's like, oh, he's good. But is he a Tua? Is he a Jalen Hurts? Is he a Trevor Lawrence? Like, you know, you know, Virginia has a good rushing defense. We're top 20 in the country. Y'all ran for 46 yards against Georgia. It seems to me this is Ian Book's game. What's what's your take on
0: that? I totally agree with you, uh, Rob. And, you know, this was Ian Book's game against Georgia, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you're totally right. We ran for 46 yards against Georgia. And it's not because, you know, we really tried that hard. We didn't try very hard Mm -hmm. because we knew – boy, we're probably not going to run the football. We we lost two of our uh, top three running backs to injury, and so that that running back room right now is uh, just kind of a mess, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And frankly, we haven't really, I would say, recruited up to the Notre Dame standard at running back the last, let's call it three years, four years. Uh, but we have a, a consensus top 50 five-star running back coming in that I think is going to start for us as a true freshman next year. But, you know, that's beside the point. I, this is Ian Book's game to win or lose. Um, the nice part is is the Notre Dame offense has a lot of really great pieces around him uh, that are developing. I think you saw that last week with Cole Komet. Nine catches, uh, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Georgia couldn't cover him. I don't know what team can. He's 6'5", 240, mm-hmm. and uh, runs, I think, a Four nine, which for a six five two forty tight end, that's not he, too bit shabby.
2: He's terrifying, and that other really tall receiver that you have too, yeah,
0: Chase Claypool versus yeah. Bryce Hall is going to be a matchup all game long. That's going to be just fun for football fans in general
2: to yeah. watch. I know. I mean, especially because our secondary coming into the season was, you know, we thought, and I think all UVA fans thought was going to be the best unit. Um, we've been hurt oh, one one major injury, and then some, you know, just some off games here and there, but I think our secondary and especially our linebacking core is really good. So what do you, how does Ian book respond to pressure? Um, You know, from the defense, because something that our defense has shown is that they're really good at getting pressure on the quarterback. You know, we're tied for the lead in sacks in the country with Florida, which Rob thinks is fake. It and- is kind of fake. 10
1: sacks in one game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but But, you know, we're talking about, you know, a team that likes to pressure the quarterback, likes to get to the ball. How does Ian Book fare under pressure?
0: Yeah, I think there's definitely some question marks there. Uh, At the beginning of last season, Ian Book started an away game at Wake Forest, and the offense looked totally different transitioning from Brandon Wimbush. And down the stretch, uh, teams started to blitz him more, started to bring some more pressures, and he, frankly, was rattled. Mm-hmm. uh by that and i think that's probably one of the bigger matchups coming into the week is the uva front seven against notre dame's offensive line now i will say i watched notre dame's offensive line and minus the false start penalties which were outrageous and ridiculous and made me mad i mean and I yeah was i mean
2: 12 12 penalties on 12 the 12
0: penalties 12 offense or 10 offensive penalties yeah uh I think all of which were false starts, uh, like that's, or one was holding, I think, but, uh, uh, that's just ridiculous. Uh, but outside of that, Georgia didn't have a sack. Georgia recorded one quarterback pressure one. This offensive line is big. They're all over six, five. They're all over 300 pounds. They're all four- and five-star recruits. They're all future NFL guys, in my opinion, and I think that's not just my opinion. I think that's most Notre Dame media analysts, but also uh, the analysts you know, that review draft profiles. This is a really good Notre Dame offensive line, and so I think that'll be strength against strength and, again, something to watch all game long. In terms of how it affects Ian Book, uh, one thing that, Notre Dame fans have talked a lot about is in the last twelve games, Ian Book leads all FBS quarterbacks in quarterback rating in the fourth quarter. Mm. He is number one over the past twelve games, one ninety four point six. That's 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 pretty darn good. <laughs> uh, and he might not be, I think, the best quarterback, uh, but he's going to lead Notre Dame to a lot of wins. So he's not
1: elite do we do we okay so Ian Book's not elite no Ian Book is not an elite quarterback
0: at least not right now
1: (laughs) okay but let me ask you this and more in serious so you talk about this Notre Dame offensive line but y'all ran for 46 yards against Georgia Tech you know your leading rusher is not Ian Book by three yards you know so like what's going on here are they better pass blockers is it a running back problem like what's going on with this offensive because I think that's the matchup everyone's talking about right now Is kind of Notre Dame offense is what you see in the press and the Virginia defense is what you get in the press. So like, what's the
0: discrepancy there with the offensive line? Yeah, I think the biggest factor is the running back room. Uh, You lose two of your top three running backs. That's going to be tough. And I think then your third running back who you definitely weren't anticipating, anticipating playing 50 to 60 snaps a game is all of a sudden playing 50, 60 to snaps a game. And so I think that hampers his already limited potential uh i think that's the biggest factor i think you could make a a good argument for the fact that notre dame run blocking isn't as good as it is pass blocking i i I would agree with that statement uh but i think it's pretty indisputable at this point based on what i have seen in the talent that they have in that offensive line room that at least in pass protection that offensive line is really good
2: in terms of Turnovers. Ian Book has two interceptions against Georgia. Those are his first interceptions all year. How does he? How does he bounce back from interceptions? He also had a fumble. So how does he bounce back from those turnovers?
0: Yeah, I think that's a good question. Ian Book has shown throughout his whole career uh, that if there's one thing he is, it's mentally strong. Uh, we fought it out last year against Pitt- Pittsburgh, and he did not have his best game. But again, in the fourth quarter. Uh he led Notre Dame to ten straight points, let engineered a touchdown drive at the end of the game with under five minutes to go through an absolutely beautiful forty yard touchdown pass to win the game and Maybe that's not perfect against a team like Pitt that wasn't very good, but it got the job done against u s c on the road. You're eleven and win and you're into the playoffs u s c came and gave us their absolute best shot. Uh, and sure, maybe you, USC's not the best team, but they still got a lot of talent, a lot of speed on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the fourth quarter, what did Ian Book do? He scored 24 points. Again, didn't have his best game, but—or not 24. They scored 24 points overall, but scored 14 points in the fourth quarter behind an Ian Book-led offense. Uh, because, and, and to you know secure that playoff bid. Uh, so I am not worried about Ian Book bouncing back at all. Uh in terms of that.
1: Good stuff, man. And I'm going to be real here. I've heard too much Ian book, not enough Bryce Perkins. We're a UVA <laughs> podcast. I want to talk about Bryce Perkins, yeah. not playing at a hundred percent right now, yep. but you know, have you seen Bryce Perkins and you know, the stat I bring up is that Virginia's offensive line is probably the weakness of the team. It's yep. way underperformed. Even what we thought was not going to be a great performance this yep. year, but Notre Dame only has four sacks on the season. Give me your take on kind of Bryce Perkins and how you're going to get after him.
0: Yeah. Uh, Bryce Perkins, first of all, credit to UVA. I mean, phenomenal. And what a great find, too. I mean, right? Arizona College, Junior College. Yeah, Juco. Uh, Juco. Then
2: at Arizona State. Juco, net He was at Arizona State first, then went Juco. Oh,
0: Arizona State first, then Juco. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so what a great find for them. And, again, what, the two quarterbacks last year at over 2,600 passing yards and 900 rushing yards. Kyler Murray. Oh, by the way, first
2: overall, and uh, Bryce Perkins at UVA. I, I do want to say that stat's like a little inflated, <laughs> just because Kyler Murray had so many more <laughs> touchdowns than right. Bryce they Perkins. just. I mean, I, I agree, it's an amazing stat, but one like, won the Heisman. Yeah, one, one won, won the Heisman.
0: It, one did very clearly not win it. Well, one, one won the belt Bowl. We won yeah. the yeah. belt right. ball. Anyway, okay. go belt ball. <laughs> uh, but you know, I think, boy. So I was I was watching some UVA film as I do. uh... Uh, to get ready, and boy, I think the thing that stood out to me probably the most out of all that I watched was the two-point play against Florida State in the fourth quarter.
2: It's beautiful. Put that on repeat.
0: He willed single-handedly that team to that two-point conversion. Um, What an electric player, but here's the unfortunate point, I think, for UVA is he's not at 100%. I think the offensive line is the weakest unit on the football team. Mm -hmm. Maybe the running back room I don't think is particularly great, but um, uh, that's, I think, the weakest unit on the football team. And I think the team so far this season, Old Dominion being the clearest and most recent example, gave a template for other teams for how to beat UVA. And I have to be honest, Notre Dame's is a heck of a lot more talented than Old Dominion. Well, what's the template? What's the template? Great. Yeah. So I think the biggest template is try to keep him in the pocket as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean from a schematic standpoint? It means defensive tackles that can penetrate and defensive ends that have enough speed, but enough power to contain. Notre Dame has both of those things. And why do you only have four sacks? Part of the reason, I think the biggest reason is how terrible Louisville and New Mexico are at throwing the football. Like, literally, look at the statistics. I mean, New Mexico rushed for almost twice what Georgia did. They rushed for about 260 yards on Notre Dame. They came into the Georgia game 107th in rush defense. And everybody's like, Georgia's going to curb stomp and run in the football. Georgia had 33 carries for 152 yards. Didn't even get five yards a carry. This team's really talented, but they play two teams that are so inept passing the ball. Uh, their statistics on defense got really skewed. I think Saturday night taught me... The most important thing that it taught me is that Notre Dame defense has a chance to be a top 10 defense this year. I I would be worried if, uh, if I were a future opponent of Notre Dame because I think this defense is really good. I think the way UVA wins this game is... You have to keep Notre Dame under twenty points. You have to, because I just don't see a way that UVA scores significantly more than twenty points in the game.
2: I feel like this is going to be such a defensive, you know, slugfest between two teams because just because our offense is, has not performed at the click that it was last year. You know, losing guys like, um, like especially Alomide Zacchaeus, I think has really been a struggle for us. We don't have like a, a true deep threat. I mean, Joe Reed. Good player. He's he's a great player. Good player. Love him to death. Great kickoff guy, but he doesn't have he he doesn't quite have the quickness or the just elite speed that Zacchaeus did. So we don't have a deep threat. We really don't make big plays at all. And we're really consistent, like a consistent team. Usually and before the ODU game, we were one of the best teams in the country on third down. Because a lot of times it was third and one, third and two, third and three. Because of how consistently we were able to get four or five yards on the first two plays, um, I forgot my question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think that's a good that's a good observation. The question for me becomes for UVA when I look at that is, are you gonna and maybe you know may, are you gonna consistently be able to go ten plays seventy five yards against a Notre, a Notre Dame defense? I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Is there something that maybe that I'm missing that I haven't seen from UVA that gives you a particular hope in that aspect cuz it doesn't sound like it's a <laughs> no, particularly No, you're
1: not team, missing but, anything. Well, no, we we talked about this last time. This team, this team is different than the teams that we've seen in the previous years because there's not that consistent ground game. And even Bryce Perkins, who really is our ground game right now isn't at 100%. He's not the explosive player we saw yeah. in the first half of last year. Still making plays, yep. but he doesn't have that initial burst that he, we have seen from him before. This game is going to be in Bryce Perkins' hands. They're going to try to minimize it. They're going to, you know, run curls. They're going to say, hey, if it's third and two, hand the ball to Wayne Talapapa. But really, first and second down, it's going to be Bryce Perkins throwing. It's not going to be aggressive, deep downfield throws, but it's going to be,
0: you know, your five, 10, 15 yards is going to be a deep ball for us. And I think that's, you know, another thing that impressed me a lot about Bryce Perkins is that. The way the ball comes out of his hand is smooth. He has a nice quick release. I mean, he's accurate. He's, what, 65% on the year so far? Uh, I think it's like 61. Oh, okay. You know, anyway. Over not, 60%. Yeah. That's a, Over 60% in college, I think you're you're happy with that in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he does a nice job distributing the footballs. For somebody that's known as a mobile quarterback, the guy can sling it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think – and, you know, slings a – a tough word because I don't think well, he can I'm not sli- saying sling it like throw fifty yard bombs every other is play. Bryce but... And <laughs> but you know, no, no. probably not. <laughs> no, one thing. One thing he has. No, improved, not. Wrong. One thing he has improved on from last year is his uh, short, short and medium yard passing. Yep. And you know, you were right. It actually is at sixty five percent. I was wrong. But um you know, there are a couple deep throws he made against ODU that were just a little bit off he couldn't he didn't ever he never really hit a big deep threat they were either way overthrown or not way a little bit overthrown or way underthrown and so my concern is that you know he's got accuracy for short down yardage but not far yardage yeah how is Notre Dame's secondary
0: I think the secondary has been really very very good this year um I think and you know, the Virginia is eightieth in P offense and eighty-first in yards per play, and I don't know that they face the stiffest competition uh yet to start the year. Uh so I will say the Notre Dame secondary is a little bit undersized. Mm-hmm. Uh we play three corners that are all five ten or five eleven. Okay. Uh but I don't know that UVA is particularly big at wide receiver. Um, And frankly, uh, I thought the Notre Dame corners did an awesome job against the Georgia wide receivers and Jake Fromm, in order to make plays, had to put the ball in a perfect location and the wide receivers had to make these unbelievable acrobatic catches just to complete a darn pass. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was encouraging to me. For sure that I think the secondary is legit and our our state. I think Notre Dame has the best safety tandem in college football. And I mean that quite literally with a Gilman and Jalen Elliott. They're both going to be NFL players. Uh, So is Troy pride at at corner too. So, but you know, UVA has a great secondary, so I don't know. What's the path to victory for Notre Dame? Like Virginia,
1: we're like we feel like we're kind of stretching things. Like, all right, defense has to play really well. You know, have to get pressure on Ian Book. Bryce Offense has, has to be to, efficient. Has to run it's got to be a great yards. game. Like, what what's the Notre Dame path to victory? Is there anything like like you feel like you're reaching for with that, or do you feel like this is a game Notre Dame should win?
0: Um, I I'm predicting a Notre Dame victory. I have something about like thirty one twenty something right about the line. I think Vegas has it about right. 11, you know, for a team on the road in South Bend. Uh, it's a tough place to play. Notre Dame has won, I think, 13 games in a row in South Bend now. Uh, you know, it might not be Georgia and Sanford Stadium, but it's still 80,000 people screaming at you. It's not an easy place to play. Uh, I think Notre Dame's best path to victory is going to be to exploit the mismatch of, between their Notre Dame's defensive front seven against UVA's offensive line, especially if the whole injury situation with Olu Awatemi—I don't know how, if that's correct—Oluatemi Olu in the center, Oluwotemi, and the back, and Fannin. Tyler Fannin. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if they what was it? They pulled a tackle and played him at center.
1: Although he played center the past yeah, two he years, actually played okay.
0: Center last year, uh, you know. So, but yeah, yeah. Point taken. It, it's it, a, it, a little weird if that situation has to happen. I just don't think that there's any way that UVA wins the game with those players doing that. Now, you know, if their center, even their backup center, can come in and and hold up. I don't need them to beat Notre Dame's front seven because I don't think it's going to happen most of the day. But if they can hold up uh, and give Bryce Perkins, let's call it, you know, an average of two seconds to get rid of the ball, two, three seconds to get rid of the ball, I think UVA has a chance to to do some damage here, but when? Is there a path for them to win
1: for UVA to win? Yeah, do some damage, but can they get over the top? <sighs> uh, like is there any scenario in your mind
0: where Notre Dame loses this football game if If Notre Dame had gotten blown out at Georgia last week, I would say absolutely there's a chance for this to be an emotional letdown for this to be, you know, an opportunity where a really good solid UVA team, a team that I think is going to win nine or 10 games in the ACC this year because the ACC is so terrible. uh, You know, if they had got blown out in that game or even maybe if they had won, but coming so close to the mountaintop, and saying we can play with the big boys in college football, I think is just going to motivate the heck out of this team. Um, but I I would say the path to victory is narrow, but it's there, and it's you have to contain Notre Dame's front seven, but unfortunately that isn't necessarily enough. I think your secondary and your linebackers have to play the game of their lives. Because uh, one thing I saw that didn't, That stuck out to me on film. I think the secondary did a great job. Florida State has some really great talent at the skill position players. I don't think they're a team. I don't think they've got a ton of talent elsewhere, but they've got a lot of talent at the skill position players. And the secondary for UVA handled them pretty well. So... It's gonna be interesting to watch Notre Dame against them because I don't even know if Notre Dame's skill position players are necessarily even as good as Florida State's. Now I think Notre Dame's a better team than Florida State it is much better, but
2: definitely. You don't uh, you don't have Willie Taggart as your coach.
0: Also true. But I one thing I saw was a lot of dump offs to the running back were open in that game. And if UVA does that, if UVA leaves that running back, that tight end open. I think it's going to be a long day. So if they can shut that down, play well in the secondary, and keep the front seven, let's call it even. Let's call it an even matchup because I think that that's, let's be honest, the best case scenario for UVA. If they can do those three things, I think they've got a chance to go into South Bend and pull up the upset.
2: Well, and you know, last week against ODU, we let the running back score a 50-yard wheel route touchdown on uh, The third-string running back, just stiff-armed, one of our defensive backs and then broke another tackle for a 49 yard touchdown. So we, I I guess the running back has some openings this season. So hopefully, hopefully that was just a mental, cause I think two linebackers went when one of them was supposed to cover the wheel route, but hopefully that was just a one-time thing and Bronco made them do some box jumps for it, (laughs) but we'll see.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, all right. So stretch UVA victory, Dustin, I'm not. I think I've learned my lesson here on predicting games. Uh, what's your confidence level? We'll leave it at that.
2: My confidence level is medium. Actually, I I, lo- I love our team. I think that our defense is really really good. Uh, probably one of the best defenses I've ever seen at UVA, and that's including the Chris Long years. I uh, I'm excited to see what we do on national on NBC national television against a top tier opponent in Notre Dame. I think we're going to be up for this game. I think that we're going to keep it close, and I'm predicting a really low score of 17-13. to
1: Okay, one, not score-related, just real quick. What's yay or nay, the NBC camera angle? what's your thought nay, nay? Oh, okay no, i don't like you. it either Wait, i don't know so, what you're talking about yeah no nbc like changed their camera angle for football so it looks like different it's supposed to be closer to the field but you kind of feel like you're farther away i think
2: i hate it yeah just from you I, don't describing like it. It. I don't like i don't it. like
0: it it's not as bad as i think every, there are some people on our message boards that are just <laughs> losing their minds about it we don't, don't like I'm change like, y'all <laughs> i think we need to calm down a little bit here but if i were Choosing how to broadcast it, I I would not have SkyCam. Yeah,
2: <laughs> SkyCam. I'm well, a big SkyCam fan, actually.
1: Every now and then, I mean, yeah. no, I'm here for it when it's an option. Yeah, but I'll leave it with this with my thoughts on the game. This is, I think, I would have said Virginia Tech last year was the biggest game of Bronco Mindenhall's tenure. I don't know if this is necessarily the biggest game of his tenure, but I think this is the biggest opportunity to kind of say. Virginia is here, we're not just messing around, we're not just playing in the top 20 and we'll be here 10 years later type of deal. I think this is a huge statement win for Virginia. I think, I don't know if we even necessarily need to win the game to make that statement. The same way Notre yeah. Dame with Georgia last week. Notre Dame, no, for that. me, I respected them a lot more because I thought Georgia was going to beat them by 20. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. This is a game where Virginia's kind of playing with house money. Notre Dame yep. won't join the ACC in football. So we're you know it's a non-conference game, even yep. though we have to play them every few years. I don't know. I Just because we're playing with house money doesn't mean we're going to win, but I think the guys will be a lot looser. I don't think what we saw last week against ODU is the best indicator of the type of Virginia team we'll see this week. Just why I would say what we saw last week against Georgia probably isn't the best indicator of the Notre Dame team we'll see this week. I think it's going to be close at halftime. If past is any indication, Virginia will be down at halftime as they have been the past 3 games against FBS opponents. But I think this is going to come, it's going to come down to Bryce Perkins. I think I'm with you. I think it's going to be lowish scoring game. I think the winner will score in the 20s and I think the loser will score high teens low 20s. I think it's going to come down to Bryce Perkins, you know, if he's efficient, you know, limiting the turnovers we've seen in the past few weeks. And honestly, he's the best playmaker on the field for Virginia at least. He's gonna have to make some plays like he did against Florida State. I I would say confidence maybe a three or four, but I would also say I kinda have a higher confidence now than I did at the beginning of the season. So that's my take on the game. And uh yeah, I, I don't know. I think we're gonna be I think it's gonna be a great game.
2: I feel like I feel like even if we keep it close, I'll be I'll be disappointed, but, you know, excited for the team is going. I, yeah. I think I think that getting some national spotlight time against a team like Notre Dame will be healthy for this team.
0: I think so, too. And, and I have a big, you know, some people are, well, if you don't win the game, then you can't say anything. I, you're not going to win every game. And especially, you know, I mean, Notre Dame is even one of those programs— We're not an Alabama. We're not a Clemson. Let's be real. We're not a Georgia right now. You know, like we're trying to get to there, but we're not. UVA is in a similar spot. We're like, we're trying to build our program. And this is how you build a program is you like way
2: lower than that.
0: (laughs) You go into a national powerhouse, you know, the the most historic stadium on planet earth. And that's not biased at all, but, um, (laughs) uh, and you prove that you can play with them. And, that helps you build a program. And you know what? I think the Virginia defense should scare people, right? I mean, 2.7 yards a carry, ninth in rushing defense, uh, fifth in tackles for loss, leading the nation with 20 sacks, uh, a havoc rate of 22.7%. I mean, that those are scary statistics to anybody. Now, my problem with the defensive statistics, and I want to get your guys' take on this, is I don't know how good they really are yet. Because ODU, Florida State, I don't think they're that good, especially along the offensive line. So I think rushing, havoc rate, all that, blah, 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 plays in there. Uh, William and Mary and Pitt, again, not a particularly great offensive team. What are your thoughts on could we be? I think Bryce Hall is for real. He's going to be an All-American. But is there something to be said about the competition that's been played so far? I, I'm honestly curious. I don't know.
2: I, I think our linebackers are really good. And Rob and I talked about this on Sunday when we last recorded after the ODU game. And we were saying how we actually think the linebackers are the best group, the best core on this team. Uh, we got Charles Snowden, who is a six-seven freak of nature. Uh, That's he, crazy. Six he, seven a linebacker. I read linebacker. That. Like, he, and is he, that
0: like I had to Google it? I'm no, like, and he, is that a
2: thing? And he's a good. He's a better pass rusher than he was last year, which Absolutely. is saying something. You know, he actually is finishing. He is. Uh, he's good in coverage as well. He's a good run stopper. And then we got Zane Zandier, who is you know a kind of a headhunter, but we love him and he makes a lot of mistakes. But he also had a huge pick six last week to kind of swing the tide against ODU. And we've got some guys who are coming up as well. Noah Taylor is another freak athlete who, you're know, already blocked a punt this year and seems to die for every punt that he goes after. <laughs> so, you know, we're I think our linebackers are good, and I think that hopefully they can handle the Notre Dame offensive line as well as they have the kind of the Florida State and ones as well
1: and I think the biggest distinction for UVA is the coaching staff honestly like we have this is kind of the first time in Bronco Mindenhall's tenure that we've kind of had depth you know we have depth in the secondary although it's been tested we have depth in the secondary we have great depth at linebacker the guys dust a name plus their backups are very good players the defensive line is the deepest it's been in Mendenhall's four years he's got players now and I think there's several NFL players on this defense but I would say the differentiator is is the coaching staff. I think you have two or three, you know, future D coordinators or head coaches on this defensive coaching staff. And, you know, I don't know how much of in-game you've seen UVA, but they're going to bring the blitz. And a lot of these blitzes are really, really well designed. Because Virginia, even with Charles Snowden, even with a guy like Jordan Mack, they're really not guys that are winning one-on-one. But what they are is they're really well-disciplined. They're going to time their blitzes right. They're going to fill their gaps. For the most part, they're going to get their coverage assignments right. Mostly. <laughs> most of the time. um But it's this coaching staff. The defense is so well designed to this team's strengths that I think that's the biggest differentiator. And it's honestly going to be a bit of a chess match between a Brian Kelly led staff and a Menon Hall led staff.
0: I think that's going to be a real matchup to watch for sure. Yeah. Uh- and I think you brought up a great point. You know, the UVA blitzes, from what I saw, I mean, were really well executed and well designed. I was very, very impressed. Uh, I, I think, you know, Ian Book has seen a lot of blitzes in his day because I think teams realized, boy, we can rattle this guy. And he's definitely gotten better at it, but uh, he's definitely not perfect. So if, if UVA can bring some pressure and um, force some mistakes, uh, again, I, I think they have a, a path to victory here. I'm, I'm not saying at all that uh, it's impossible. Well, I can promise you there'll be pressure. The question is whether or not it works. And, right. and whether
2: or not our secondary can hold up while the pressure tries to get there. See,
0: that's what—so Georgia tried to do that at the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. is they tried to bring a lot of pressure. And with Cole Komet back— I mean, it's just too easy. It's six he's six five two forty, and he just you can line him up anywhere, and that's Ian Book's hot read every time. And he was getting five, six, nine yards every time. And so Georgia had to back off because they're like, this tight end is just killing us. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested to see I think UVA will see that and have an adjustment for it. I think Notre Dame will see that and we will have an adjustment for it. To, to, so, to your point, Rob is, it's going to be a fun chess match. And I, I, I love Bronco Mendenhall. Uh, I think he's a great coach, and I think he's he's has UVA headed in definitely the right direction. So it'll be it'll be fun to watch. Yeah.
2: Yeah, man. All right. One last question before we let you go. What is one thing that UVA fans should know about this Notre Dame team? Maybe a player, maybe uh, a strategy that we don't know already heading into Saturday. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I think you got to know the quarterback, Ian Book. Uh, came in last year as 11-2 and two as a starter. Uh, made the college football playoff. Played in college football's biggest games. And I think Chase Claypool, number 83, our wide receiver. We haven't mentioned him yet. 6'5", 240, 4'5", speed. uh, Those are some physical skills. I'm really, really excited to see Bryce Hall versus Chase Claypool. I think every fan should be watching number 83 versus number 3. Bryce Hall's 3?
1: 34. 34 34 Bryce Perkins is 3. Bryce Perkins you you is. three. Bryce is right. And
0: I and I had a 3. He there I think was a I just three faint, in there.
1: Found out a new game show. <laughs> your you Bryce is Anyway, okay, I'm done. So,
0: I think <laughs> the Bryce is right. <laughs> uh I think that's for sure the matchup on offense is uh Notre Dame offense to UVA defense uh to watch is yeah, number 83 Chase Claypool uh against uh Bryce Hall. And then on defense, uh I would watch Number 42, Julian Okwara. Uh, Almost everybody, Mel Kuyper included, had Julian Okwara in the top 15 picks uh, in his way too early uh, 2020 draft. He's an athletic freak, uh, and he's a phenomenal defensive end. He has not gotten on track this year. He has not had a sack yet this year. He's had a lot of quarterback pressures, but hasn't had a sack this year. I think with maybe some struggles from UVA offensive line, if they can figure out a way to block Julian Okwara, uh, that will go a long way towards them being in this game in the fourth quarter.
2: All right, wonderful. So once again, this is Dan Swanson. And you know Dan's actually a friend of my fiance, CJ, and they met at med school. And luckily Woo. I've been able to befriend Dan as well. So he's going to come over and watch – UVA and Notre Dame basketball games with me, and also the football game this weekend as well. So, thanks, Dan, for coming on, and we really appreciate it. And this has been the Guys and Ties Podcast. So, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Snapchat at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on iTunes and Spotify if you want to keep listening to Rob and I, and sometimes a special guest or two. And make sure to check out Armchair Media. They have a lot of great podcasts about all your favorite NBA teams, NFL teams. MLB teams, NHL teams as well, I guess. So check them out and go, who's oh, baby? Gosh.